0: Gene and I tell this story at wrestling camp about Mark Schultz losing 12 pounds in 90 minutes. And uh, nobody believes us. We can endure anything
1: and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability.
0: I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me
1: in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%, how to pick myself up and be a man after
0: I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled
1: because if you wrestled, natural talent Helps, but it's it's five percent of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and
0: effort. It humbled me, taught me humility.
1: Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt. Right? You learn. You learn how to adapt. You learn how to solve problems.
0: You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. It's Tuesday, February 28th. Our guest today is Screwy Louie Lazeri, a New Jersey wrestling historian, a wrestling ref, a former high school and college coach. Screwy Louie knows everything there is to know about New Jersey wrestling, and he has a ton of stories to go with it. I can't wait for you to hear this story. We go into all kinds of topics. And it's only right that we had Screwy Louie on this week since the New Jersey State Tournament is going down this weekend. So I hope you enjoyed this one. Fan of the week goes to our good friend Keith Gothard from Lamont, Illinois, the Lamont Bears. Look out. The proud new owner of a Wrestling Change My Life t-shirt. Thank you so much, Keith. We greatly appreciate it. Now, without further ado, folks, let's give it up for the one and only Screwy Louie. This episode is presented by Beat the Street Chicago. They're hosting an NCAA viewing party Saturday, March 18th at Fat Poor Wicker Park in the city, Chicago IL. Tickets are $25. All proceeds go to support Beat the Street Chicago. Last year, they had over 250 people attend. This year, the goal is 300. So I encourage everyone listening If they're in the city, go to the Beat the Street Chicago NCAA Viewing Party. You can purchase tickets via the link in our show notes. If you can't make it and still want to support the cause, you can donate to Beat the Street Chicago, btschicago.org. This episode is also sponsored by Quant Wrestling. Quant takes the moneyball approach to college wrestling. They track and timestamp hundreds of activities in a college wrestling match input that data into their cloud analytics platform and on their app, which you can download in the Apple and Google play stores. You can see detailed statistics on college wrestlers. You can compare different wrestlers. So go to quant wrestling on the Apple and Google play stores, quant wrestling, download the app now. Well, it's great to have you on the podcast this morning. I'm excited to talk wrestling with you.
0: Thank you so much for contacting me. I got a little worried when, uh, you called me and everything because I see all the all the people. You have one Jersey kid on the photo page of all the headshots. You you have one Jersey kid, that's Steve Monaco. So that's good. You have, figured you had to put at least one Jersey guy on there, but you have all great people on there. So I got a kick out of that. All the little stuff you did, that's good.
1: That that's uh, so funny. That graphic is from like our first six months, and we've been going over four years now. And I got to update that because. I don't want to be in the Jersey doghouse because I know we've had Gray on. We've had Damien on.
0: Have you had Um, Jordan Burroughs on?
1: Burroughs, Caldwell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I uh, man, And I can't wait to talk, you know, New Jersey with you and just all kinds of wrestling. So for the folks who don't know, you uh, call yourself a New Jersey historian and and you've been involved with wrestling really from the get go. What are you up to uh, kind of these days with respect to Jersey wrestling? Then we'll get into some of your background.
0: So right now, we just got done with the regionals. So in New Jersey, at this time, we have eight regions. And I'm old school. We used to have one. We had four regions and only one guy left. Then we had eight regions, only one guy left. So you had to win the regions to go. You have two state qualifiers, two state place winners, two two state champs in the finals. Only one is going. So the state figured out after a while, yeah, we should take two. We'll work it out. We go to Princeton. We go to Jadwin Gym. Beautiful indoor track facility, drop dead gorgeous. Holds probably nine thousand people. Nineteen seventy-five and nineteen eighty-one, the NCAA tournament was there, but the NCAA tournament outgrew it, so we've never we've never been back there before. And then New Jersey was there in ninety-one. That was the last year. Now we go to Atlantic City. And um, so, sixteen-man brackets. No, well, yeah, it used to be. Then we took three out of the regions at eight with eight regions. That was twenty-four. So we had an out bracket, uh, and then the round of 16. So we did that. And then we said, let's go one more step. We can figure this out. We're going four qualifiers per region. That's 32-man bracket. And we seed all 32 kids.
1: And there's only one class in New Jersey.
0: Correct. Since 1934, one class. God bless you, folks. Yeah, California. All right, we're probably... We started in '34. Pennsylvania started a little bit after us, uh, so we have one class. Delaware has one class, but they have like forty something schools. That's like our region, and then you get a good kid from Delaware and everything. So they have one. Uh, Indiana has one. Indiana. They also have a many. They help have a, a what is it? Semi-state, which I don't like. I think the guys, if you lose semi-state, you're done. Something along those lines. But California, eight hundred schools, and they got one champ. Oh my god, that's got to be some tournament.
1: God bless them.
0: God bless. It's just so fun when it's,
1: it's like that. And when I was coming up in Illinois, we only had two and that was still pretty good. And that was, you know, it was enough to where you could have both tournaments going on and everyone's in there together. Now, if you go and not just to Illinois, but other States, I hate how all the kids from the different classes are competing at the same time. Like it might be one a in the morning, two a in the afternoon, and it kind of breaks everyone apart. But for Jersey, you guys, Everyone's in there in 32 man brackets is such a big tournament. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So we, I I'm, I've been a a carded official since 1983 in South Carolina. I moved to Florida. I did Florida for a bunch of years. I moved back. I didn't join right away, but I still did the little kids and everything. And then I said, you know what? I should join. So I joined, I went through the, went through the rankings and everything. So I do a ton of little kids. Somebody want nobody wants to do little kids and we don't have enough refs anymore. Every sport, you know how it's like that. Soccer, baseball, all that stuff. The refs don't want to put up with the crap anymore. So I I did 40 straight days from, from January 3rd right through Penn State showed up at Rutgers. I got off that day. That was a Friday, so I was off. So I went to the Mass. Everybody wanted to go. I said, let me go and see. Penn, Rutgers won the first two, and then it was a blowout after that. And then, boom, Saturday. I do two every Saturday. I do a Sunday in Pennsylvania and Man. we're nonstop, so it's good so i i get to see the perspective from both sides as a coach as a uh, as a wrestling fan and how the refs view things and everything so i sort of try to keep a neutral position and watch everything and see how it all goes and take in all i can I'm always learning
1: so are you refing at the jersey state tournament doing the seeding like what's your role i am
0: not i'm part of i i'm not officially part of the seeding meeting uh probably like wow forgot what year it was. Maybe 99. Maybe it was Hans senior year. My my mentor from the, being historic purposes is Bill Savage. He's Bergenfield 66. And he knows everything. He wrote stuff. We have a dual meet championship that we started in 1980. He wrote the system how to do it. To go within the state regs that we, we didn't uh, uh, violate any regs. And they would get rid of the districts and regions. So we had to word it correctly. And he figured out how to do this. He sold it to the South Jersey people. He's a North Jersey guy. And we worked it out. So He let me in the seating meeting and we had some weird rule about if you were fourth in the regions, they took three then, but you got in because somebody got hurt, but you didn't win. It didn't count because you never really qualified. Little, little dopey rules like this. They stick in my coconut head. And, uh, I, I mentioned it to him. So they fixed up the bracket they said, Oh, come every year. So I've been going every year. I run copies for them. I watch everything. I sometimes record so I can understand it. And, uh, it's really good so the first two weight classes there's not a lot of criteria then everybody has criteria previous advancement previous qualification and so on and it gets okay so this year we have two weight classes I think it's 175 and I forgot what the other one was maybe 120 or something that there's it's loaded it's gonna be really really competitive so wow I can't I can't wait for tomorrow tomorrow's gonna be a good day I'm gonna like it I can't I'm just excited
1: to you know, through, you know, a little bit more about what's going on and and we'll get into the storylines and whatnot. But, you know, I was just looking at some of the New Jersey legends and there's only been a few four timers. Obviously, the, the first was Mike Gray. But then uh, I looked through the list. You have Ashnal, you have Soriano, the guy i had never heard of before. And I'm hoping you can give me a little background on this guy is Campolotano
0: from Boundbrook. Very good. How, so how solid had,
1: was this guy coming up?
0: He, uh, he was a 189 pounder. Like that doesn't, it's like Han. Han made the finals at 171. You don't usually do that. Well, he was 189 and he made the and he, he won four titles. And uh, he took a loss from Mike Evans, who's a PA kid. And he wrestled at Iowa. Mm-hmm. And Evans must have moved up. I think moved up. It was, God, where was it at? I don't know if was it was at the Beast. There might've been another tournament. And he took a loss. That was his only loss. But in New Jersey, he was just beating people left and right. Tall, lanky kid. He had a good coach. He had uh, uh, Marty Gleason. And the Baumbrook family was really good with the kid. And they nurtured him well and everything. He went to Ohio State, wrestled there for a little bit, came back and did a semester at Rutgers. And then he fell out of the sport. He fell out of love with the sport. And I'm pretty sure, I thought he graduated. But, then, but it's a shame that he didn't continue on. But he was a, a load of talent, you know. And he was a good kid, polite, kind, no bragging. So we like that kind of – the kids are, are good like that. Nobody's really uh, braggadocia we'll say.
1: Has have, have there ever been a
0: four-time undefeated Jersey State champ? Sure. Uh, well, Mike Gray took two losses at the Beast. Ashnot was undefeated. Wow. Suriano was undefeated. Uh, 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 Shane Griffith lost to uh, one, one of the boundbrook teammates, Makai Lewis's teammate, uh, Stephen Glasgow. So, but he had he took some losses at the. uh, We went to Doc Buchanan. We went to California. So he's, but he's not a four timer. We just had we had a uh, Daniel Jones from Del Barton won the states as a freshman, but he got beat last year. And last year, Harvey Luddington the fourth, a Nevada boy, came over to New Jersey and won the states as a freshman at one seventy five, I think it was. Wow. So. But his weight's loaded. He's got a bunch of runner-ups and a few other guys in his weight class. That weight is that weight. That's the weight class that we're looking for. The, the, uh, the state runner-up is going to be uh, from last year at 190 is a Joshua Playshow from North Bergen, one of my the town next to me growing up. Good kid. So he's a 90 pounder. He got stuck with Brian Saldano, who's a three time champ. But he gave him fits. He wrestled him hard. Well, he's a, he's lighter, so he went down to 75. So he's in that weight he's going to be a fifth seed I think was what we looked at. And he's so, a defending runner up. He's a defending runner up at 190 at a higher weight. So mm-hmm. when we do the seeds we're going to figure it out where he gets placed. They think fifth. But uh it, yeah, that's going to be it's going to be really good. So the quarterfinals of some of these rounds which is Friday morning is going to be awesome.
1: Wow. That's so exciting. Yeah. The uh what about the team race? Do you
0: still do the dual tournament? So we have we always what we do is we have the dual meet season, tournaments and everything else, and then we do a dual meet championship. So we go by classifications. We used to have four for four for public, two for parochial. Then they went to five for public, which is fine. I, it, some of the uh, rivalries, their local rivalries and everything, they split them, they split. So uh, they did that, used to do it at Toms River. They had one year it was Franklin high School, they built a new school and that was the COVID year. Uh, this year we had it at Rutgers. So they had the brand new Rutgers mats, four mats out, and they did that on Super Bowl Sunday, which was good. They did it at, I think, 11 and 1.30. So everybody got to go home time, to go home time, to get to watch the game and everything. So it worked out really good. So Del Barton has, the last two years, Del Barton has been awesome. Brian Stoll does an unbelievable job with kids, with the academics and everything else. And those kids are going to Ivy League schools and any school they want to go to. We love Brian. I've been watching him forever. He's done a great job. He's a Duke grad. And uh, Bergen Catholic beat him in the finals of the, of the section in North Jersey on a criteria, I think it was J, which was most back points. So this year, they had an even better team. And St. Joe's beat him at Rutgers. Uh, one of their wrestlers was winning 10-0, going for a pin. And he got turned over and, and got pinned. So that was a 10-point uh-huh. swing. Yeah, and before you know it, the last weight was the Michael Delagata kid, the son of Ricky Delagata and uh he he was gonna win this match so he clinched it for him so del Barton gonna be a, a two-time runner-up in New Jersey but uh you know that it's so competitive right at the end too you know that's just the way it is so the groups were really exciting this year
1: so if you take away the classifications you you just stack rank the top three to five teams you got what you got del Barton you got Bergen like who are the top five teams yeah. in Jersey so this
0: year it, the top well the top five or six are all parochial so that's the, that's the stuff that's going on right now. So Joe's is one, St. Joe's of Montvale, because there's a bunch of St. Joe's in New Jersey. Number two is Del Barton. Number three is Bergen Catholic. Uh, and then the other parochials will be like St. John's Vianney, CBA. Uh, but
1: those top St- three are like nationwide programs. Everyone yeah. knows. And those. So yeah. is, what duel was it this year where I think Willie Saylor posted a video, the student section at this school was going bananas and it might've been Del Barton and Bergen if they wrestle in like the regular season, but the student section, all the kids were wearing singlets. It was hilarious.
0: Let's see who did that. I don't know if St. Joe's did it this year. Wow. Who did it? I was, I ref so much. I missed, I would have the match on my phone. I think it was Del
1: Barton, Bergen Catholic.
0: Okay. But, uh, maybe not though. No, I don't think they wrestled this year. See, what happened was, and they decided. Normally, they would wrestle in the group section, group finals, North Jersey. So they, they split it up and said North Jersey and South Jersey are going to be together, and we're going to. So when Bergen and Del Barton are usually up, would be opposite brackets, but they're in the same section. So only one school is going to the championships, and they win pretty much handily. So this year they split them up. But Bergen, been,
1: does Blair wrestle those schools or they don't get involved? Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so Blair Bergen was good when Dave, Dave Bell just uh, resigned recently, actually last week. But they've always wrestled Blair. He says, we're going to wrestle Blair, good or bad for us. We're going to wrestle Blair. We want the competition. We want to see where we're at. And so for like the first 19 years, Blair would beat us. So the one year, 28, I think it was 2018, Bergen finally beat Blair at Bergen. So, you know, like we're one in 21 against them, but that's okay. You know, we want to wrestle Blair with their Jersey kids too. We like the they're, they're great kids. They've always had different coaches, but they're good kids and a great program. And uh, so I, I'm trying to think, what if Blair did it with the singlets? It might've been
1: that. Yeah. It might've been that, that dual. They'll, they'll,
0: they'll bought and wrestled them this year. They'll bought and wrestled Blair. And it came down to, I think something about the heavyweights, you know like the for some reason Del Brunton doesn't have a, uh, always a good upweights but the lightweights and the middleweights and the upper weights, except for except for the last two have always been outstanding
1: so is it is it like it is in Illinois where at the kid state tournament you know Illinois middle school tournament is massive and like people go crazy for it but you know at the same time all these studs are coming out of these clubs and the you know a lot of the schools public and private are trying to recruit these kids to go there do you guys see that kind of thing in jersey as well at like the kid state yeah. tournament
0: we see we have, uh, we do two days. We do upperclassmen up to eighth grade on Saturday and the little kids on Sunday. So I do Sundays and, uh, and they're all, all, all the club guys and everything. Cause it, like, like, I, I think of a uh, Harvey twisters is yes. in my head. Yes. But I think of those guys and everything. So Illinois is what a great state. They are in freestyle. They're awesome. I can go off and on about Illinois, how great the wrestling is there. They're really up there with the, everybody else. There's a lot of competition there, it's, and it's a big state. You got your population is bigger, I we—I mean, know you don't even count Chicago, but everything else is big, and you but it's a giant state. Where New Jersey is the fourth small state in the country, so we're tiny, but we have really. Three. I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought, I thought the
1: density would like get you guys up there.
0: Oh, the density is crazy. We have we used to have nine million people. I think it's like eight point eight. It's something like that. Okay, but we have roughly. I use the number 320, which is perfect, a 32-man bracket times 10. And that we have we have co-ops now. So I always go 320, what we have wrestling wise. There are more schools in New Jersey because there's more sports and, and everything else. But roughly that's what New Jersey has. So we're lower than Illinois and California and Texas and New York. But we they're all pretty good, thank God. Uh, so yeah, so we have the state tournament. We have it at the kids' states are at Trenton. That's the Cure Arena, and we put down maybe four. We well, could put fourteen mats. I think we put twelve, and we punched it out. So the the the, high, the, the bigger kids on Saturday—that's a long day. The little kids aren't so bad. And uh, there's you do all it all in coast. one
1: day. That's crazy. Yeah, for,
0: for for certain groups, yeah, all one wow. day. When we had COVID, we went to Manalapan. They had a indoor complex like that's the big thing now. You have that spooky nook and everything. So this one's a smaller spooky nook and we we laid out 20 mats i think we did 10 by 10 and uh we did uh three weekends two each each weekend so we did six days of wrestling so we did like each age group we did something like that with the covid rules and everything but so that was okay we ref with masks on and everything else and I got my shots. I don't want to argue about what anybody wants to do with shots and no shots. I said, listen, I'm old enough that I ate dirt. So I don't care. I'm not getting sick. And I didn't. So, but I wore the mask and got the shots. And we, we, did the, we took care of the kids. And we did one age group per, per day. So that worked out well. And now we're back to normal. Everything is good. And Yeah, so that's coming up. That's, so it goes groups, districts, regions, states, kid states, and double A's. Boom right in a row wow. like so it's so it's exciting Works perfect for us so I want to I can't wait to go back to um uh, well we're going we're going to t- Tulsa we're gonna go to sh- back to Philly we're gonna go back to Cleveland I think and maybe Kansas City I think the other one. Kansas City is so, City's
1: next year that's the one I'm really yeah. excited for because their downtown is phenomenal
0: yeah it's good we had uh, when Damien Hahn won the NCAAs in that crazy year and he beat trench in 03 that was at – I think it was a Kemper Arena so we were there, so it was good. Yeah, downtown's great. It was nice, and I, and I can't believe it, it took us 20-plus years to go back there again, but uh, it's crazy. I'm looking forward. We love the Midwest because it's easy for the people in the Midwest to drive. They, they all go boom, 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 and we don't care. We, we get our own plane. We, went, we flew out of Newark one year, and I swear to God, every single person was from Jersey for wrestling to go to St. Louis. So we, might, we migrate to St. Louis all the time. We like that, so we love the Midwest.
1: Well, it's it's a it's an awesome time of year, and I, I just posted on Twitter. It's like I get sentimental seeing all these state tournament pictures roll in because Iowa, Illinois last weekend, jerseys this weekend, California, or we were two weeks ago. California no, was last California. weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Wisconsin so,
0: was just done too. They showed yeah. Wisconsin. James Sparks did the uh, commentating, and packed and the lights and everything else. Now they have several champs, but you know what? Wisconsin they can put cheeseheads. They can hold their own. They're really good. Yeah,
1: I can't I can't believe how many uh people go to watch. I mean, it's really impressive. And then, you know, Pennsylvania is coming up, but it's just an awesome time of year. And I wanted to kind of get into your background a little bit because you mentioned you coached at at Clemson. You mentioned you coached at Bergen. Take me back, though, to to your days with George Bennett and you're in the high school room. How did you get started with wrestling and kind of what was your trajectory from there?
0: All right, so let's do George Bennett. Okay, so there's a, his father was Frank Bennett. Frank Bennett started the wrestling program at Liberty High School in Bethlehem. So you have the two schools, the sister schools, Liberty and Freedom. He started the program at Liberty High School. He migrated to where I'm at now. It's Washington High School. He started the wrestling program here. And I forgot what the year. I'm going to say it was 1937 is my guess. And he started the program here. And he had one stud named Russ Regal, who's a New Jersey legend. He's the original Jersey Devil. We have Jersey Devils. He's the original Devil. And he had him up to his sophomore year, and then he got migrated to Fairlawn in Bergen County and started the football and wrestling program. He had a son, George, born October forty eight. He is Fairlawn class of sixty six. George goes to Westchester, where the father went. Graduated in nineteen seventy. He, he's not even twenty two years old yet. He gets the head job at Cliffside Park, my high school, when I was in eighth grade. He got it because of his father, and. But he learned his craft well, and he was okay. Now, we're talking, he's a 60s kid, so those guys, they they smoke and drank and everything else. Okay, so he smoked cigarettes. I didn't care for it because we could smell it on him, but that's his own thing, which was fine. But he was good, he pushed us hard like everybody else did. And uh, right when he graduated in 1966, what happened was his league, Fairlawn, Burgerfield, were big schools in, in New Jersey in Bergen County. And Cliffside Park was a medium-sized school. And we were getting beat up by those teams. And uh, the wrestling coach, Frank Temmy says, how are you guys so good? They said, we'll start recreation wrestling. I said, whoa. So I joined in 1966. I was a little itty-bitty kid. I joined twice a week, twice at night. Uh, I mean, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we would go and practice on burlap mats. We didn't have wrestling mats. We had burlap mats, four by six. We put them out, or they were maybe three by six. Put them out. And we covered them. Some nights we didn't even cover them. And we practiced and everything it was good. So this whole group that wrestled in 66 and in the late 60s over at the high school level. So we had some knowledge and everything. And he just took us through. And it's been 50 years ago uh, this week, this past week that we won a district title by one point. It's the first thing we ever won for our high school over our arch rival, Fort Lee. We never beat Fort Lee in uh, it would have been nine years. And we finally beat them by one point. And uh, it was because of Wreck Wrestling and George Bennett. So he's still alive. He's retired in Myrtle Beach. He's not doing as well as he should, but I see him twice a year. And uh, he was a great mentor to me, and I miss him a lot.
1: Wow. So when did you graduate high school?
0: 1975.
1: 75. Okay. Yeah,
0: so so I, I'm top 66. dog then was Lee Kemp? So oh, oh, yo, I love this. I tell this to Kemp all the time. I shock them. So- I finally, I I almost qualified as a sophomore in the states, which you had to win the regions. I lost to the, the, he was a region, he was a state fourth. I lost to him in the semis. He got upset in the districts. I got stuck with him in the semis. So I took my loss. I cut too much weight the next year. I cut so much weight. I, not only did I not make weight for regions, I didn't even go. I didn't even go. Didn't even, didn't, not only did I show up, I didn't tell the coach the day, I told George Bennett the day before. I'm not going," he goes. "I heard you're not going. I should've been the first to know. I was the last to know." And he, so I hate to say this, he bitch slapped me into next week, and that was what that was a uh, that was a uh, February of '74. He says, "I'll never coach you again," and threw some expletives in it. I'm going to another high school, so he didn't coach me my last year. I had no coach. I had a football coach. As my wrestling yeah. coach. So how
1: low did you get, or did you not even get down, and you just gave up on it?
0: Oh, I was—I got sick that week, and I—I I was ten over, and that whole week I couldn't cut the weight. So I'm a 122 pounder. I was going wrestling with the 135 pounders, and I was getting beat up, and I'm like, "Oh, this is not good." So I—I I never gave up like that, and I—I ne- I learned the hard way. Um, so um, we were saying something about League what camp. Oh, 75. Oh, no, yeah, in Kemp. Okay, so here's what happens. 1975, I'm a new coach. I finally qualified for the states, so we go districts, regions, states. Not 1975. We went districts, regions, and we were off for ten days, which was crazy. Why? The NCAA tournament was in Jadwin Gym. My, I have a like a. a and I, he's not a step uncle. He's my cousin's brother. So I don't know what that is. He's a he's a sports fan. He says I can get you tickets. I said, God, it'd be great. I'd love to go. I'm off. I'm off that Saturday, I practice till Friday, I go down. I see Lee Kemp in the finals, he wrestles Chuck Jagler from Iowa. Yagler beats him in the duel, beats him in the Big Tens, and they go at it, and there's a videotape of the match in Jadwin Gym. They tie, they go overtime, now it's it's an eight minute match, it's 2-3-3, three, three. so they go eight minutes, then they go 1-1-1, one, one, one. 11 minute match, they're still tied, three refs, they vote. Split decision, 2-1 to one for Jagler. They vote for Kemp. He's a four-time champ in 1978 when he, when he would win his fourth title. So the next year when he beats Gable, and I look up history of him. I find out his birthday is December 24th, 1956. I said, I'm December 18th. Oh, you're, you're in another grade. You're ahead of me. And I, want, I finally make it to Jed Gym, and you beat me to it. So he, wow. he was laughing all the whole time. It's so crazy to me that
1: Yagla was beat the previous year by a high schooler named Dave Schultz. And oh, that's
0: right. Actually, the year might have been seventy. It was seventy. Actually, it was seventy-seven. Because because right,
1: so, well, uh, Yagla to take yeah. Lee Kemp to the end like that.
0: Right. So so I'm, I believe it was seventy-seven because because uh, uh, Schultz wrestled for Okie State in seventy-eight. Okay. And he took a third yes of place Okay, so I think it was seventy-seven. So the Schultz, so Schultz beats pins, I think he pinned him. Which is crazy. He's a high school kid, but he missed the California qualifiers. Something along those lines. So well, he, he was at go...
1: the uh Euregan.
0: Well he gets it yeah. So he, he he that tournament, the Great Plains, is the qualifier for Tbilisi. Right. The, which is the hardest. Oh, yeah. Tbilisi. The world.
1: Not your Regan. Tbilisi. Right. Yeah.
0: Tbilisi. So I, I quiz people. I said, which is harder? The world's the Olympics, which is basically the same. I said, neither one. The Tbilisi tournament is the hardest tournament. You have eight to ten Russians in a weight class and you take eighth and the other Russians are one through seven. You're a silver medalist. So I, the story with Schultz I heard was that he went back to California and they said, Oh, you can wrestle in the California tournament, but you got to go up a weight class or two weight classes or something like that. And he ended up winning. You know, the guy was just, Oh my God. Crazy. He was so good. So good. But, but to beat Yagler, that's not, you know, that's like a, like a Jimmy Carr story. Jimmy Carr makes the Olympic team as, an, right. as a high school kid, stuff like that.
1: But didn't you watch, did you watch Schultz at 81 as well? Was that at Princeton? I'm trying to, I'm trying to Is, think of yep. the year that oh, Bannock yep. wrestled, uh, Bannock wrestled Baumgartner in the finals and pinned him.
0: Very good. That was eighty-one. So what happened was, so I tell this story because I got to, to go ahead. When Wade Chalice left Old Clemson for Old Dominion, he wasn't going to take me because I said no. I have all these Jersey kids coming to South Carolina. I can't leave them. So the new coach comes in, Eddie Griffin, and he brings Ricky Stewart in, and I said, "Oh, I have a problem with you. I lost money on you with the Dave Schultz match. So." So the story goes with Ricky Stewart is he wrestles Dave Schultz in the duel. Now, you know what the Oklahoma, Oklahoma State series is called?
1: Badlam, Badlam.
0: That's right. So you get wrestled not once but twice. So Dave Schultz beats him the first time. The next time, Chesbro says, uh, you're gonna move up and wrestle Mark. He moves up, Mark beats him. So he lost to both Schultzes. Uh, oh, so when, when uh
1: when so you're talking when Ricky Stewart was at
0: Oklahoma State.
1: Correct. Yeah, yeah, because cause Schultz was at Oklahoma State and I was a little confused. Right. Okay, I'm, I'm with but he went crazy. To OU.
0: Yeah. He went to Oklahoma State. Uh uh John Azevedo was at Oakey State, and then he went to Cal State Bakersfield. Joe Gonzalez was at Oklahoma. He left and went to went back to Bakersfield, and they were teammates together with Joe Say. So those guys went, went to the Midwest and didn't like it. They came back back home to California and one one fifty three, 0 one one fifty five and now in eighty which Pretty is
1: crazy i
0: can't okay so in the meantime um, okay so the second bedlam match he put chesbo puts ricky stewart to go up to 67 he loses big Gates come in he's got 58 dave schultz beats him. Mm-hmm. so they're in the bracket and there's a video there's a somebody put a video up of the five best pins in the sba's and this is one of them stewart hits the fireman's Puts puts uh, Schultz on his back and pins him, and he and you see him jump up and does the cowboy fist in the air, and he's Jeez. happy. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't care. I lost money on the thing, but you know what? It's Ricky was Ricky was good. He's been to a, I've been to a lot, a lot, a lot right now, mm-hmm. but um, but he was uh, when Ricky Ricky was seven one one three uh, for his career at Okie State. The year he was seventh, he had a wrestle. He couldn't beat Kelly Ward. Kelly Ward made three finals. Could beat Kemp. Finally wins it the one year. So I see Kelly Ward every time at the NCAAs, we talk his story. And he said that Ricky Stewart was the strongest white guy he ever wrestled. He's a farm boy. He was 88-0 in high school. You know, he just he was just a freak. So wow. when I would when he was a coach at Clemson, I would grab him and grab his legs. And he goes, No, don't grab my knees. It hurts. I said, No, 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 I'm coming after you. He headlocked me one day and held me. And I said every prayer I can think of. I said, please don't kill me. Don't he was so strong. He was great. We, Ricky was good. He was he good. Had he was, a just,
1: uh, fireman that so was crazy. And yeah, uh, I was it. just, I can't remember if I was talking to, uh, I just had some Okie Steak guys in the podcast. I think it was Mike Sheets um, who said he came in as like a freshman or something. And I'm trying to think if the timelines lined up. Yeah. No, he was
0: there. Yes. Yeah, Sheets was there. Stuart just point.
1: laid it on him. Crazy. Like just smoked he, him.
0: He, Sheets was a 50 pounder. He can't go 50. Uh, who, who was that? Well, Kenny Monday was at forty-two. Stewart was a fifty-eight. Mike Sheets wrestled sixty-seven, and he took he took he took seventh. He beat the the runner-up from the state the state champ, the national champ, Mike Mike Mike. Matt Reese from oh, NC State. He beat him for I think seven eight. So wow. Sheets was he's not cut any weight. And then oh to God, it was so good. And he then of course he won two titles. Got old. The, well, the year he lost. He beat Dave Schultz. He beat him. I think he beat him twice. So Dave Schultz was this this close. He Schultz won on criteria. So he was third as a freshman. Transferred to UCLA. UCLA dropped the program. He lost another year. Goes to Oklahoma. Takes a second and barely wins his first. So as great as Dave Schultz was, he barely won an NCAA title. And meanwhile,
1: Mark Schultz could have been a four timer. Like he, I can't remember what happened the year he didn't win, but that match with him and Bannock freaking that that's a that's a documentary right there you know when, when Ed Bannock and mark schultz squared off
0: those matches were i think there's a video of maybe the regular dual meet but that was at uh oh 82 was uh iowa state and so there's a video of it they're going back and forth putting each other on their back and everything and if anybody was as strong as Bannock, it was it was schultzy you know i mean look at this they both made the 84 olympic team they both beat everybody up yeah, they were good. They and they never left the center circle. Nobody stole. Nobody backed up. They just wrestled. Now, was Bannock a
1: Jersey be. guy or a New York guy?
0: No. All right. So here's a story on the Bannocks. I forgot what the number is. If there's eight or nine of them, there's a ton of there's a, a tribe. Shitload of them. of them. Yeah, they're very good. You can say that your <laughs> podcast. They're from Newton, New Jersey, and the house went on went on fire, and they migrated on the border of New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York, is Montague and Port Jervis. They moved to Port Jervis, so they wrestled in New York. Got it. Shalos recruits Steve Bannock and gets him at Clemson. He's the oldest one. He brings him to Clemson. Uh, Lou and Ed go to Iowa. Steve gets homesick in a way, and he didn't finish at Clemson. He moved, He went to Iowa and just and didn't even wrestle anymore. He went up there and right. they did their things. And Ed makes uh, you know four finals and everything else and and. Uh,
1: Wow. And Lou,
0: you know, one as a sophomore, he pin Bannock, a bump guard, to beat him in the in the Midlands. But then, I don't know if he grabby They did whatever he did, and he he caught Bruce on his back and he pinned him. So poor Bruce, he lost in the finals in '80 to Howard Harris. Howard Harris goes forty five and zero with forty pins, gets O.W. in his home school of Oregon State, which by the way, 1980, that was the last year it was in the West Coast. The NCAA tournament has not been in the West Coast since. And ba- then back, then Bannock pins him. In eighty one, in Jadwin Gym, Bruce Bruce was only third in the states. That was it. The next year, eighty two, Bannock and Bumgartner opposite brackets, but Bannock loses to Doctor Death, Steve Williams from Oklahoma. Wow. So so doesn't make it. Bumgartner beats uh, Doctor Death, and he uh, he won in eighty two, and then he made he made the eighty two team, and the 90s up to ninety six team. So he uh, at fifteen years. He got 13 medals. So then he just went off the charts, which is, that'll never be broken. So how did you get, how did you end up coaching at Clemson? Okay, so here's what happened. Okay, so now, so I go to Kutztown. I stay two years. I redshirt the second year. I leave. I end up transferring to Rutgers Newark, and I went, I was D3 still. I took third. You had to basically win it and get three wild cards, and I wasn't getting a wild card. So I didn't go to D1s. My claim, my I just wanted to go to D1s. It would have been Oregon State. It would have wrestled Leroy Smith and Andre Metzger. That wasn't good because I wrestled Smith and he already beat me beat me up in freestyle. And Metzger was a monster. So I wasn't going to win, but I wanted to just go. Okay, so the story goes with Clemson was I privately coached a kid. Now, Cliffside Park's arch rival is Fort Lee. And a Fort Lee kid came by. We had open mats at Cliffside. And he came in. I said, Brian, come on in. And we worked out. I said, well, this kid's got potential. He's um he's a um only a sophomore. He's my weight class. I said, I'll I'll keep an eye on the kid. So he Chris Bayanovich is his name, Yugoslavian kid, into the clash, door collar bracelet, mohawk haircut once in a while, wore black, didn't fit in with anybody. But he went to Freestyle Nationals and he took fourth. So it was Carr Zaleski, and one of the, I guess one of the Vats brothers from Illinois. I'm, I'm going to say Ernie Bash is my guess. And uh, he went to Trenton State, did not get along with the, the wrestlers on the team, including a guy, Tommy Martucci. He's the number two guy. He was a D3 guy that won D1s in 81. So that's the only two that ever won it, both from, well, f- both from Jersey schools. Uh, so I told Chalice, I said, listen, I got this kid. He's good. He made me fill in your weight class. He goes, all right, bring him in. Bojo was a smart kid. He did good in school. I came down as a volunteer that assistant coach Mike Connors took the job at George Mason. So he had a spot for me. You can recruit up in Pennsylvania, New York, and New Jersey. I said, great, this will be good. And I got to roll around, learn all the stuff that Chalice did. It was different. It wasn't goofy. It was different. It was unique. I said, wow, he taught with the clock. Oh, he does this. And I was like, wow, this is a great way to learn it. And sure enough, when we understand that Clemson is football. And it's always been football. But the first national champ in Clemson history is a wrestler. No Loban in 1980 wrestled Dan Severn from Arizona State, beat him 3-3, 5-2 overtime, another 11-minute match at Oregon State. Loban is from England, went to Long Island, school in Long Island, and then Shalice uh, grabbed him at a junior college, and he came in, and he's the like first national champ in any sport. So Shallows was great, and it was so great to learn from him. We would do clinics together, and so we did a clinic at Ohio. We had 200-plus coaches at, at, in Columbus area, and we go and he takes me on a trip. So I go, oh, this is great and everything. So we go and do the clinic and everything. I'm, sit, I'm sitting next to him on the mat and everything. So he says he's going to demonstrate the moves. I said, oh, I get to watch this. He goes, no, you don't. You're my dummy. <laughs> oh, my God. When he puts pain on people, he really did. He really hurt me. I'm like, you can't hurt me, though. I was young, though. But I would, i never did that again. I made sure we bring a third person, or we grab somebody out. Come on, come over here. We'll, so let me show it to you. Uh, why was eat,
1: uh, why was Wade your idol?
0: Okay, Frank Temmy, the wrestling coach at Cliffside Park, was the athletic director when I was in school. So during lunch, I never ate. I would go into his office and I'd sit down. We talk wrestling. So he had he had the rule book. The wrestling rule book was the NCAA wrestling guide. They had college and high school rule rules in the book. Shouse was on the cover for winning the NCAAs in 1972 and getting OW. And I said, wow. So I'm reading the article. He's a cocky guy and this and that he pinned four out of five, but he didn't get the most falls. Why? Cause Chris Taylor at Iowa state pinned everybody and he pinned them in a quicker time than Shouse did. So, uh, <laughs> I said, wow, this guy's really different. So of course he, he didn't make the seventy-six team, but he was phenomenal. He's doing. He would go up three weight classes and pin people. He beat Dave Schultz in Midlands. He uh, he beat Kemp, but he couldn't. He had a problem with desert, but they went different weights in college. So I, I was fascinated with the guy. So I tried to learn and what. I, oh, and the other thing was seeing him in person. Nineteen. Okay, the year was. uh, What year was it? It was Halloween. 75 and 76. So he wrestled in Lafayette College. is Lehigh's rival in sports. And they had a, a, an open tournament. First year they ever had it. I'm at Kutztown. I go to the tournament and I watch Charlize wrestle in person. So I literally went on the mat and back then uh, the Longest Yard came out. So the football team in the Longest Yard was called the Mean Machine. And they had, so Charlize had got a team together of Clarion guys and a few other guys. They would call themselves the Mean Machine. So I watched him wrestle. He wrestles uh, Sam Allen from Temple. And Allen shoots in on him, and Shalitz gets his hand caught in a singlet. See, he takes the hand out, goes over the back and under the leg, and boom, splatal. And he did the splatle. I got to see it in person. He splatled the guy, pins him, and walks off the mat like nothing happened. Like, wow, this guy's unbelievable. Just like skinny, nothing kind of guy, nothing to go right home about. And he just beat the crap out of everybody. I'm like, oh, this guy's unbelievable. So, yeah, he was hot stuff. So he was my faraway idol, and Mike Frick was my local idol.
1: And what about so, Gene Mills? How dominant was he back then?
0: So, so let's do Gene. Gene, as a freshman in 1973, weighed 88 pounds. The weight class was 98. So the singlet draped over him, and he was loose on him. He takes fourth in the districts. He loses to our, our, one of our best friends, Ronnie Jones. And then the next year, he just would wrestle and wrestle and wrestle all summer. So the thing was, he would get as many matches as he could. So in New Jersey, you only had 14 dual meets and two tournaments. So when you got to the postseason, you're only 20-0. and 0. I mean, you can go to the Beast of the East and and Doc Buchanan, and you're going to get 20 matches right there in two weekends. <laughs> so that's the way it was back then. So he would go in so many tournaments. He got, I think, 80 matches the one year he got 100 matches. So he had got so much experience. All of a sudden, he was pinning everybody. And we would go to a tournament. And I go, we go one-way class. I said, Gene, you're in two-way classes. He goes, yeah, I'm getting some competition. And one tournament went three-way classes and won all three. So he was just beating <laughs> people. Crazy. I said, so that's all, so we got to be friends with him. So now when people go to tournaments, they go, oh, I want to go in and out. I don't want to stay here that long. We stayed from weigh-ins. We brought food. We stayed all day and night. We stayed on the side of the mats. We slept on the side of the mats. We didn't care. We stayed for hours and hours. Nobody cared. That's the way it was back then. And he was just beating people up, crazy. I was like, "How do you do this?" And he put the half on, but he'd do it sideways. He put his hand this way, a karate chop, and nobody did that. Nobody put halves on their on their knees. It was breaking uh, wrestling protocols, what the announcer said to him. And when he did it, when they announced it during the match, they have actually videotaped the state finals. He has it on his page, and he turned the guy over twice, and then the second time he pinned him. Wow. And he was just phenomenal, just. He would go so hard. He cut weight. He was a good weight cutter. So he was in shape and he would go as hard as he could. So his freshman year at, at, at Syracuse takes third. Then he takes a fourth. Then he beats Joe Gonzalez, which that 16, 13 match it's online. It's one of the greatest matches ever. There were points all over the place. And, uh, and then he just, his senior year, I mean, he would just purposely score like 20 to 30 points. And, uh, then pin him and say, "Not uh, I'm gonna cancel him." He's
1: he's part of that era of of the Lee Kemp's, you know, of the Gene Mills, where they didn't get their Olympic glory because of what happened, and their their decade just and, passed and
0: them. And to to put it up to a Gene, that this is what he did. There were no tech falls back then. It was a decision, no matter how many points you scored, and a pin. So Gene would score all these points. So there was no tech fall, and in freestyle. He, was, he scored one match. He scored 70 points. He tried 100. And the poor ref was so, <laughs> felt so bad the other guy from, like, West Africa, where he's from, he called a pin. And Gene was upset about that. So we have it. So Milan Ersigan was the head of FILA. And the Russians went to Mer- Ersigan and said, "We're Gene Mills, we don't like this. We want tech fall. Or we want stop it. Stop. So they have a tech fall because of Gene. They put that in the rules in freestyle and uh, scholastic and collegiate style because of him he's the re he's one of the many reasons that we have different rules like that so it was that era he was at that time when we changed everything yeah gene's great he was just down here in jersey he was off from school he came down he's friends with ricky Delagata. and Delagata's two boys were at saint joseph montvale and ricky did a private uh gene did a private clinic with the team and everything and he come his brothers his two his brother and sister still live in He's come. he comes and sees them when he can and uh He's he would have been retired already, but he doesn't want the program to go down as high school at Phoenix High School up in upstate New York. So he's got a kid at Hofstra that he, that was wrestled for him. And if he gets done, everything works out. He takes the job over. Gene retires and does his thing. That's yes. He's great. The guy is unbelievable. He's he, there are so many great clinicians out there, but he's he entertains. He's knowledgeable. I always test him when he does his stories. I said, "Okay, is that true?" And I, I check on him, and he, everything is right. He's good. He's good with his history, really is. And, and you're you think right about 19- Go ahead. oh yeah.
1: No, I was gonna say eighty though. You're like you think about the guys in that team. I mean, Lee Kemp, three time world champ, and that's back when you know these guys get money now, and and it's awesome. And and even like the John Smith era, they were getting a little money, not much. There was zero money in the Leroy Kemp era of the seventies. Like you know, for him right, to be right. a three time world champ, I mean. What a what a legend.
0: Yeah, to do that, Gene wrestled for the New York Athletic Club, so they took care of him. And to segue into that, he was offered to get money, big money, to go to another club, Foxcatcher. But Gene was so uh, uh, committed to New York AC, that took care of him. Since he was a kid, they said, okay, I'm not leaving New York AC. Sonny Greenhall was the coach. Sonny Greenhall wrestled for Syracuse, class of 64. And he says, I'm committed to New York AC. They want the money, They want it. He says, I won't do it. But uh, John DuPont offered him some, you know, it was five figures back then, even six figures, I think, to, to come over and, wow. and join the blue and gold. That was, so that era. So.
1: He held and off, say, though.
0: Was that Yeah, so the, the thing about Gene was he called me up one day. He says, look, I'm taking you to Pittsburgh. I said, no, I'm not going to Pittsburgh. He goes, no, 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 no. I'm going to be in a movie, Foxcatcher, and you're coming with me. I said, fine. So we go. So, of course, he has a picture of, of, of Mark and Dave Schultz. They were in the world team together, 85, in France, and so on and so forth. So Gene was a referee. He was a, a coach. He was something else. They put him in all different roles. They made me a, a freestyle official. So we got to see the inner workings of the movie for five straight days in Pittsburgh. There's what was the snow that and like? Everything. Oh, it was so, we go there. So we, so Gene goes, so we go. We're, st- we're staying in a, Gene got the hotel room. And we see Bennett Miller. And we see all these people. We see Bruce Baumgartner. We see um, some of the people that were the weight masters. And uh, uh, it's Jesse Jansen. He's the Harvard National Champ. Mm-hmm. And the other guy is John Jura. He's a three-time All-American for Wisconsin. He's an Illinois boy. He's from Oak, Oak, is it, uh, Oak Park. Okay. I don't I don't I, know that yeah, name. Yeah, John Jura. G-U-I-R-A. Yeah, okay. check him out. He he's, He was a badger boy. He was good. And they went over and they had the videotapes of what mark and dave did wrestling wise so they so bennett miller was the director and they went over every little part of the movie uh the, this is what he did he took him down like this he did laced ankles and uh uh mark ruffalo wrestled in uh first colonies high school in virginia so he understood about moves and everything so he did everything the way he did uh channing tatum was as was athletic he didn't wrestle he played football but he was athletic. So when Mark Schultz was known, like he did against Bannock in 82 when he won, you know what he did when he won after they shook hands? Mm-mm. Mark Schultz did a backwards flip. Standing back flip right there. Bannock didn't look at him, but he didn't, you know, like people get uh uh what's the word? Just not disappointed. He was disgusted, though it'd be disgusted and like oh, like, like Brett Metcalf when when uh Caldwell did the flip. He pushed him off the stage practically, you know. Uh,
1: yeah,
0: Bannock got up, shook hands, walked off the mat. That was it. Even if he knew that it happened, so Tatum did the flip. He did everything. Gene was the referee, so you get freestyle one like this, and he he did that. And uh, he's the referee in that movie. I gotta go yes, back and he, watch it now. Yes, when you go back, when 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 uh, Tatum wins or Mark Schultz wins that one one bout, Gene Mills is the referee. So they had them on all different roles. Uh, Kenny Cherto was there. A few other people. It was it was good. So we would start at five thirty in the morning. We would go to like pff, ten o'clock at night. We sleep. Maybe we start a little bit later. Then we go to like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, the days were long and hard. I got what 122 dollars per day. But to but to be with the wrestling people, that uh, other people that were in the crowd, how they did all the movie stuff, they fed us. It was it was really it was unique. It was really good. And That's we got to very, go. Yeah. yeah.
1: That is so uh, fascinating to see like the behind the scenes of the wrestling parts. Awesome. And just to be around those guys, but then to see how like an actual Hollywood movies made and like how many like retakes there are and and just all the cameras and all that. That's fascinating.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there is. There was a lot of, we do this. We have to reshot this. And Gene and I tell the story at wrestling camp about Mark Schultz losing 12 pounds in 90 minutes. And uh, nobody believes us. So we so have, set the stage.
1: Uh, what tournament is this at? And like, where's The, is the this tournament at? would
0: have been, you know, this is great. 1988 Olympic trials. I'm living in Florida. I got married. My daughter was born April 25th. So this is June. This is mid June. So I had, so my friend says, can, can you come up to Pensacola? I'll fly you up. So I asked my wife at the time. She goes, yeah, you can go. It's okay. Go. So Gene goes, he's hurt. He's got a bad hip. He's got bad knees, bad shoulder. He's not wrestling anymore. He's done. But he's watching. So we're watching Dave. And what happened, Dave and Mark. uh, Dave gets beat by Kenny Monday. Mark loses the second day. You have to win two out of three. And he loses to uh, Cheparelli. So he goes off and he eats and pigs out. He wins the second match. Well, once you do the second round, if any, if there's a third round match to, uh, to go two out of three, you got to wrestle it right there, and then you got to weigh in. He wins that third match. Now he's got 90 minutes to make to lose the weight. So we don't know this. I mean, we don't know Gene and I walking out. We're walking out of the Pensacola Civic Center, and Dave Schultz grabs him and says, "Gene, you're the only one that can talk sense to my brother Mark. He's got to make weight. Let's go." So he. he literally pulls him when he's hobbling. He pulls him over there. So Mark's on the exercise bike in the middle of June at night in Pensacola, Florida it's still warm. He's sweating like a pig already. He's got rubber suits on and everything else. So Jean is rubbing his shoulders and talking to him. You're going to get so much stuff. You're going to mess with the girls later, but you got to do this and work hard. We're massaging the stars with doing this. The crowd is coming out of the arena and they all circle around him and they're chapping and cheering him on and everything for the, at least an hour just staying there the whole time. And he's, he's taking a break and then he goes back on the bike and everything. Puddles of blood, puddles of blood, puddles of water. It should have been blood too. Well, so much weight. He has so much time. He has like, I think they did the five minute mark. They said, all right, you got to go inside, take off your stuff and weigh in. And he made it with, I don't know, a minute or two to spare.
1: And so how was the crowd watching? Was it like at a, like at a hotel lobby or like how? No, it was
0: right out, right outside of the arena. Just a bike in the open air. Yes, in the open air. What? So when, so yeah, this. So when Gene and I tell this story, nobody believes us. I said, "No, we're not gonna. We can't. I can't ruin my credibility. I'm not gonna make stuff up like this." So we had uh, the wrestling, the freestyle wrestling in in, uh, in Times Square. All right. So one year we had it at in Grand Central Station called Rumble at the Rails. The freestyle ref is Joe Russo, and Gene and I are telling this story to. Uh, one of the combatants that were over there and Russo comes up to us and goes, I have the photos. I said, are you kidding me? The next day he comes back with the photos. I can't have them. So I take pictures of the fitches. They're on my Facebook page of Jean and I massaging Mark Schultz uh, and the Oklahoma guys, Dave is there. Jeff Cowles, Oklahoma is there on the exercise bike with the, with the puddles of water around. So we have those photos. I meant that I should have sent them to you already. So it's really true. It's really true. So that was like crazy how wrestlers lose weight. But he did it. And we have photo proof of it that he made it.
1: So is he doing like five on, five in the sauna, five rest? Or what was his routine? No, no sauna.
0: No sauna. He didn't go in the sauna. He stayed outside the whole time. But normally you would do a sauna. You would lose the weight in the sauna and everything. And then take a take a credit card or a, a, a deck of cards. And you would wipe off the water and get the water again. So I, I didn't know that until somebody did it to me. I said, what are you doing? I said, I'm taking the sweat off you. You got to lose weight. I did that one time in Chattanooga, Thanksgiving.
1: It's crazy because going back to Mike Sheets, he was that close to being an Olympian then because he wrestled Schultz in the finals of that tournament, and he had beat him, you know, a couple weeks prior at Topeka. So,
0: yeah, something Sheets you know, and
1: Mark Schultz wrestled in that final?
0: Yes. Yep, it sure wow. so he sure did. Crazy. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, that was so both Schultz's or sheets nemesis, but you know, Mike was a two time champion in OW and his son was, you know, why it was pretty good. It's hard to be when your dad's a legend in Oklahoma state history. And uh, yeah, Mike, I mean, he, when Mike wrestled his last year, he, he, I think he beat right like 14, nothing in the finals. Like it was really, should have got arrested for a public mugging. <laughs> That's how bad it was.
1: Now in you 88 know? at that Olympic trials, John Smith is just graduated college. What's everyone, what's the talk about John Smith back in 88? What's everyone thinking of this? Guy? I,
0: th- I think he's class of 80. Now, let me see. He wrestled in 84 in Jersey and he lost. Well, that's a good story. 85, 86. 88. Yeah, there's a red shirt year. 85, he red
1: Then he won 86, 87, 88 because he won the worlds in 87. Well, and, uh...
0: but, but, but John Smith's only a two time champ. Right. So then, you know what? Wait a minute. Wait, wait. 84. Okay, eighty four. He loses to one of the Folesy twins from Cleveland State. Folesy gets beat the next round. Follow leader was in effect. He doesn't. He doesn't go to wrestlebacks. He's not allowed. The next year, he makes the finals. This is the t- and he wrestled the guy. Jim Jordan. Third, Jim Jordan. He wrestled for the third time. They split. Jordan beats him because Jordan's older. Then Jordan wins two titles. So Jordan was no place six one one. Yeah, Jordan. Oh my God. Then he red shirts
1: in eighty six. Goes to Goodwill Games. Come. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Comes okay, back. So that, it's, but like '88, though he's a—I mean, to even be a world champ as a college person in '87, yes, was that just earth-shattering just, back then?
0: That was—I was like, what are you doing? It's not like, yeah, beating everybody. And he—I ha- think he only lost two, well, he might have been like 58 and two, whatever it was. But he, to win it in college, he's still—he's 21, maybe. He's a pup, and he's doing that shot. And he had it perfected. Oh my god, it was so good because he wrestled a Jersey guy for his last match. He wrestled Joe Melchior, who was no. Jersey Kid went to Oklahoma, transferred to Iowa, wrestled for Gable. So that was his last match. So Smith, it was it was, Le- it was John Smith and Randy Lewis. Oh, and they went at it. And I think they beat Jordan along the way. I think Jordan was in the ladder and they beat him yeah. in freestyle because they were better in freestyle. But those matches were great. You know, Carr went down. He was, Carr was a 63. So he, they sort of beat him up. Kenny Monday, even though they beat each other in college, Monday was better than him in freestyle. So Nate Carson, a dietitian, went down to 49 and he beats Metzger and he was a beast over there and he took third.
1: That's a, now, Those are yeah. great years and the 92 is a great team as well.
0: Oh, the 92 yeah, all those teams were good. Yeah, with, with Kevin Jackson, you know, Kevin Jackson is that's this is good. That Kevin Jackson is the number one CD. He wrestles, do you know where he wrestles for besides Iowa State? LSU. Very good. So he's a top seed at LSU. He wrestles a little little Jersey boy named John Monaco at little Division Three Montclair State, and Monaco beats the first round of the NCAAs. C- crazy! Wow, I didn't know that. You know, Shakitano was the coach. He's a Jersey guy. He's from Teaneck and Emerson, and uh, so and then of course LSU drops the program after that. He goes to Iowa State. He can't beat Alja, but he you know he made a few teams. He's got a bunch of gold hardware to show off, and now. You know, he's coaching all over the place. The other thing is, is Kenny Monday, Kenny Monday. So he comes around One, his kid was at Carolina, the other ones at Princeton. So he shows up. So yeah. uh, we got a Jersey kid here. He's from South Carolina, comes back home to Jersey. His father's from the New York area and the kid is beating kids left and right. He's only a junior. So I talked to him and said, oh, so you committed to college? He goes, yeah, Morgan State. He's going to wrestle for Kenny monday at morgan state in two years because he's only a junior so we're it's hoping it's going to
1: be exciting to see what he does there man he is yeah i mean that just to have kenny monday in your corner i mean i just had him and on the show can... and his stories are insane and he can bring
0: in i say hey john you want to come over and uh, you know come and do a clinic one day come over to the east you can recruit and help me out stuff like that uh yeah. so kenny monday uh Uh, What was the thing? Oh, yeah. So I told him about Morgan State. He's not that familiar with the history. I mean, he's he's smart. He knows his stuff. I said, there was a guy named William Bucky Smith. In 1980, William Bucky Smith made the D1 finals in Oregon State and wrestled your teammate, Ricky Stewart. So he says, I said, yeah, Morgan State was good. They were right. They they had some good kids. They were D1. They wrestled Mm -hmm. all over the place. They wrestled Old Dominion and everybody else there. And they said, the guy made the finals. Come on. It's not that bad. So hopefully he has enough money to get the kids he needs. And uh, I'll help recruit him. I said, there's kids here that want to wrestle for you. Why not? So we're hoping for the best.
1: He's amazing. And I just love how you look at a great wrestler like that. On the front end, he's connected to Schultz. On the back end, Kenny Money is connected to Satieff. Because at at 96 in Atlanta, he wrestled the great Satieff in the quarters. and He, uh, he, He moved
0: up. What are you doing? You moved up. You thought, yeah, oh, I could beat anybody. And that's great because I think. I don't know if Kenny doubled him or he bowled him over or whatever. I'm like, yeah, you bit off more than you could chew. I'm sorry. You might be a six time world champ, whatever you are, but you're like, yeah, that was great. That's a good call on, on your part.
1: Did you, did you go to the worlds in Atlanta in 95?
0: I did. Uh, uh, Let's see. I didn't get to work it. I tried to work it. I couldn't get in. So, but uh, I had, when time I split from my ex, I had my daughter with me. We would go, we would travel in the summers. So we went to Jersey. And we're driving back down, so we went and went to the uh Congre- Con- congress center, whatever it was called back then. And uh yeah, so it was great to watch them there. So uh, there's a there's a Florida legend named Russ Kozar, and he worked the tournament so he would escort the wrestlers in and out. Mm-hmm. So I learned from him because I got to do it at the worlds here in New York City, what they had to do and everything. In 03, and- you did? I did oh so so get this. The O. 2001 worlds are in New York City. Well, we had 9-11. So it got canceled. We can't get it in 2002. It's already promised to Iran. So they said, all right, you can have it in 03. So Bill Crum, he's in Florida now, but he was he he was a, he was a an organizer. And he says, yeah, you can go and work the thing. Yeah, And I'm, a, I'm already a, a, a screwy Louie from what they know, but it wasn't known that well. So he goes, all right, you do this, you do that. So I'm screwing around. So you get to escort the wrestlers to the mat. They, you watch, you get done, you escort them out, and then you do the next one. Because at the end, if you do the finals, you, they got to take the P test. You got to get tested, yep. drug tested. So I have, I think it was Sajidov. I have the guy that wrestles Kale Sanderson.
1: Sajidov, so yeah.
0: I'm like, oh, I got to bring him out. So I'm not rooting for him, but I got to be there. So I have. So we get the photo done. So there's a photo of it and everything. And I'm watching the match. So I'm rooting against them, obviously. So we get done. He gets done. He's supposed to go with me. He go both the other way. I said, no, you do does not understand. So I get the Russian newspaper writer and he tells him what to do. But he congratulates uh, I guess it's Sadiev Boris. He congratulates him on winning and then I take him in. He does his test and everything. So I missed the rest of the wrestling. I miss Kerry McCoy losing and so on. But I got to see like, you know, the world stage and the race match and everything. And it was like, you know, the best of the best in the world are right there. So it was, you know, it's part of my, I yeah, got that to do a MSG. Like that's a crazy, uh, crazy. I was just, ta-
1: was, yeah, I was, was just, I was just talking to Bender and he said that trying to get the world's back in 27 in LA.
0: So that would be, yeah. Why not LA? Why not the coast? Cause,
1: you know, 28 it's, you know the Olympics is in LA, and so they're kind of doing that thing where it's like a test event. Right, that's what they
0: did in Atlanta. They did '95 and '96. He said, "Here's your trial tournament. You run it good. Now you have an idea. You set up for '96."
1: Right. Yeah, it'll be awesome. I mean, there's there's so much good wrestling ahead, and like you know, this is a pre-Olympic year, so the, the worlds are going to be awesome. We got NCAAs in a couple of weeks, and and uh yeah, man, it's just it's an exciting time. And you know, Louie wishing you nothing but the best out in Jersey, man. I, I appreciate the the history lesson you gave us on the Jersey States. And I tip my hat to you guys that you guys are still one division. That is uh, that is truly the way it should be done. And 32 man brackets. Crazy.
0: Yeah. They really, we're, we go through a lot. They see, we, it's complex, but it's good. Now with track wrestling. Everything is there. We can check it out. We used to do pencil and paper and newspapers. I would, I would get every newspaper in a state back then in the early nineties and two thousands and grab every <laughs> To, so we made sure this is right. Is the box score right? Our coach is being deceitful. We wanted to make sure. So we tried to do all that. So it's really, the system's good now. We have a great system now. Where we got it down now. We've done it for a few years. And to see us, we care. Florida's going nuts right now. They're, they're arguing. I'll make it quick. that They're arguing that they don't see. They don't. They, it's Northwest 1, Southwest 4, and so on. So the two best guys are in the semis. Stuff like that. So they're going crazy. I said, listen, I'll come down for free. I'll seed your tournament. Wow. But they have three. Florida has three.
1: It's interesting, man. I it's I love the seeding, but I also love the randomness of a quarter where you got the number one and two, and and everyone's there in the quarters, and it's crazy. Obviously, it's the right thing to do to seat them, but man, there's 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 something to be said for when they're not seated. Every round is just freaking crazy.
0: Yeah, it gets like that. The problem is uh, I do I do Serriano. He was a sixth seed because he had no real criteria. Now the kid. Giannis Charles from South Carolina is at St. Joe's. He beat a bunch of state place winners. So he's going to jump all those all those guys with zero criteria of previous criteria. He's not going to go up on the board until they said, did anybody beat the state runner up? Yeah, I did. Giannis is going to move up. and So when that comes out tomorrow, maybe I should send you the the, the brackets. We'll, we'll put it on track later on. Send me the
1: brackets and then text me, you know, a few matches to watch and I'll put it out there and I'll tune into it because I'm excited okay. about uh You got me hyped for it.
0: All right. That'd be great. Yeah. We know the board will hold it it takes care of us. And to throw one more thing in, we had a problem when we had the girls there. It ran really long, like extra long. And we get worn out the second day. We're worn out and I'm a, I'm just running around. I'm not wrestling. I'm not coaching. I'm not reffing. Worn out. So we said the girls go to their own place and grow their tournament. They complained. So yesterday we did P-Berg, Phillipsburg. They built a brand new monstrous high school with a gigantic gym. It will hold six mats. Like they do in Minnesota in the Midwest. They have gyms with six mats and that's normal. <laughs> so uh, we did the girls tournament, placed three to three to eight. The two finalists are going to wrestle Saturday afternoon in Atlantic City. So they gave them a bone, said you that's can wrestle in front of 10,000, 12,000 people. So we're going to have that. We're going to have uh, the one girl, uh, Miss Pimpkins from Bloomfield, will go in for a fourth title. So Oklahoma had a fourth title. Cause they did, a, they had it for a few years and to throw in Rich Bender, since you mentioned Rich Bender, he showed up one year. His daughter was in equestrian for Oklahoma state, I guess. Mm-hmm. They were on a road trip. So he was following them. He came to the Jersey state. So I get to sit next to him and talk wrestling. I'm like, I'm with the boss of USA wrestling. Yeah. He's great. Wow, you know, other... It's interesting yeah, they...
1: how you do the, the girls tournament because I've heard it both ways. I've heard that it's disrespectful to have at the same time as the guys, because then the girls just feel like they're lumped in. But then I've also heard the opposite. Well, we want to be in front of all the fans. I think, you know, either way, there needs to be a girls tournament in every state and however best to run it. You know, it's, I guess it comes down to the state. Illinois does it where they have the boys individual. And then the next weekend is the boys team state, the dual state. And then they have the women's individual at that, at that event. So yeah, yeah. It, I it, Iowa does their own event for women's and that seems to be pretty big and they love that so I think it's just state by state you know that's interesting what you guys are doing breaking off just the finals to the yeah. next yeah wow. it's, it's the first
0: we're doing it they, 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 they threw them a bone uh, you know if we didn't have 32 guys that's a in, lot in the that's bracket, a lot and we, we we had we had four and then we had we had four right through 1970 71 they took eight and seventy, and then we, they've taken eight, and then they went to sixteen, then they went to twenty-four, and now we do thirty-two. We don't have that many because we have two wrestlebacks. How do you keep they it have...
1: from getting to multiple classes? Has that been ever brought up, or
0: yeah, yeah, it was. It's been brought up. We have to read the rules, the regs, the right way. So there's a way they wrote it in that they keep it one champ. Are other I, sports
1: I, one I, class too, or just wrestling?
0: No, like foot, uh Football is all different classes. Basketball is. Is group one, two, three, four, and five. And that's it. They're done. They don't... Well, well basketball, you can do this. You have a tournament of champions down in Atlantic City. So you're going to have... Uh, they have, you used to have four. So it was four groups and two parochials. So you have a six-man, 16 bracket. You have an out bracket. Then you have the sevens. So basketball is easy. Now you have seven. So they do that. But other sports, they don't. They don't. They just go to baseball. You win your group one championship. That's it you know,
1: Good stuff like him. that. Wow. Well, well, screwy Louie. It's been great to have you, man. Nothing but the best this week as you guys get ready and send me those brackets, yep. man.
0: I want to see them. I promise, Ryan. Thank you for having me appreciate It's wrestling season. See you in a few weeks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to
1: this episode with screwy Louie Lazeri. If you want to support this podcast, please support our sponsors, sign up to attend the beat the streets, NCAA watch party. Download the Quant Wrestling app. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and give us a rating. We greatly appreciate it. We'll see you later this week with a new episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. Peace!